Quantum Conversations, your portal to the inner realms. Access infinite possibilities, infinite mastery, and infinite love. Mind-expanding, heart-opening conversations with some of the greatest spiritual teachers, luminaries, and healers of today's world. Usher in new earth by living in your sacred heart. Quantum Conversations is brought to you by AcousticHealth.com, home of music from the universe, online healing retreats, and this program. Claim your free registration to daily shows at AcousticHealth.com. AcousticHealth.com, your portal to the inner realms. Our program starts shortly. Welcome to another Quantum Conversation, brought to you by AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and I invite you to sit back as we enter the Quantum Realm, that space of the greater part of you. It is your connection to infinite possibilities, infinite potential, and infinite mastery. And we are enjoying this beautiful day And we are centering in our heart space and we are getting ready to expand our mind with our guest today. This is a fascinating topic and my guest is abstract consciousness in new form on our planet. Actually, since 2001, Aurora is with us today. She is a galactic walk-in, and she came in through a hyperdimensional portal, actually a shape, that she calls the Flying Rainbow Lasagna. And this provides us great insight on a deeper level on our energy system and the chakras and so much more. Let's welcome Aurora to Quantum Conversations. Hello, Aurora. Hello, my dear. Thank you so much for having me on your show. We are excited to talk with you. I have been uh, viewing your online course that you have. Uh, It is part of a special offer that we're presenting to everyone today. And what I love about it is your knowledge is so in-depth. It is things that I've not heard before, and this is your pure consciousness in abstract form. So we're going to talk about the flying rainbow lasagna. It's actually a tool that you use that we can all use to genetically transform our human form. But I want to talk about your galactic walk-in. Share that with us, please. That's amazing. Yes, absolutely. So, you know, I didn't, when I first came here into this world and into this body, and the, I, the exact date of me coming into this body was October 8th of 2001. So it was in the aftermath, not only the event aftermath of, you know, oh. the events of 9-11, mm-hmm. but also all of the, you know, the psychic weather or, you know, the, ter- the turmoil in the higher dimensional realms that that created. So, yeah, um, it, um <laughs> But, oh my goodness, I'm sorry. You know, I have to, I, I must apologize. Like, the, 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 the events that made me walk in, 
like they were challenging events to get through. And although I'm well recovered and like I'm in a very, you know, good place in my life and everything, sometimes mm-hmm. it can still be a little bit difficult. So thank you for giving me a moment while I just collect my thoughts and, you know, kind of collect myself. The event itself was very much like if you had something like a really bad car accident or a stroke or something that, you know, was very like, um, you know, made a profound change in your life and was a big challenge. It was on the same magnitude of that. So um, mm-hmm. I have to predicate this by saying that because, you know, I've subsequently I've met other walk-ins and other walk-ins have had different experiences. So it's just like a physical mm-hmm. birth. You know, there are some people that have a beautiful birth where it's like a jacuzzi and there's aromatherapy candles and it's very peaceful and wonderful. And some people have a birth where it's like in the middle of the Lincoln Tunnel and cabs are honking everywhere. I think mm-hmm. that my walking-in experience was more like the, the latter. It was very difficult. There was a lot of turmoil. And what predicated it was literally the spiritual battle that, you know, has been going on and is ongoing at these very high levels. So I'm trying to say, like, I didn't come in for, like, a pleasure cruise. Um, Definitely not. Mm -hmm. I didn't shop around. Um, You know, people sometimes ask me, like, why this body? Why this life? It was a very um, spontaneous decision to come in. And the events of it were very, like I said, challenging. There, there, There were physical challenges of this body being attacked and a lot of spiritual warfare going on. So all that, uh, you know, I, I, and I apologize for starting. It's like it's a, cha- it's a challenging topic to begin with. Um, but so the, basically the previous occupant of this body was an a earthly female, a, you know, a regular person who lived in this body for the first 27 years of the life here was being attacked and like psychically attacked. And um, aspects of her soul signature, like we're trying to be erased. And all of that is very illegal on the level of cosmic and universal law. And from my viewpoint, and I'm speaking as Aurora, like a galactic entity. So I should tell your audience, and I'm sorry if I'm jumping around a little bit here. You know, I am not. Thank you. Thank you for being nonlinear with me. Um, (laughs) I, I don't usually have like a face and two eyes and a mouth and a nose. Like that's what it means to be an abstraction. I'm a waveform, like the real me the, when I'm not here in this body. Like I'm much more like imagine some music. I'll play a little music. Oh, my piano's not really on very loud. Here you go. Here's a little music. Like music is a waveform. It's a melody. And mm-hmm. that's much more of what I'm like. And um, in order for me to be in this physical body, what, what motivated for me to be in the body was I sensed a great injustice was happening in the death of what, what the events of the death. And the way, the only reason why I bring this up is um, the the mode, the the mode of transportation, like how did I come into this body and into this realm, is a shape that I invented. So there was not a pathway to get in here or to get down here or however we would like to describe it. So I had to innovate something, kind of like in jazz. I had to say, well, the music is going like this, but I don't know what's the next note. I'm going to have to make something up. And that is what I did. So the reason why I think it's important to bring up um, kind of like the genesis of where did this flying rainbow lasagna shape come from? You know, it's um, it's it's not not just talking about like the you know the traumatic things that have happened in the past or whatever. It's really more about like what what why was this why did this have to happen? What was going on? So yeah, there's a lot of backstory there that I think is worth delving into. Yes, it's amazing. Okay, so <clears throat> the traumatic event it was turmoil. The person who was in uh, the body when you came in then um, did. Did you have a an interesting time acclimating? What was that like? Oh did the voice change? Um, did preferences change? How did the family and friends deal with that? 
That's such a good question, and thank you for asking me about that. Everything changed. So the best way that I can describe this experience, it is like, imagine if you moved into a house that was a pre-furnished house that had all somebody else's possessions in it, but it had also had a house fire. So some of the things were fine, and you could still use them. Couch is fine, chairs are fine, but a lot of the books on the bookshelf had been burned or pages missing. So um, in, in, in the analogy then in translation, in coming into this body and this neurology, not only was I moving into someone else's furnished apartment, but there had been like destruction. There was a lot of neurological destruction. Um, you know, because you asked me, and I I'm, pre- presume that your audience is very advanced, like I could say, what caused the walking in experience? You know, usually I just tell people a brain injury, like just keep it simple or whatever. Like that is the sanitized, simple version, Um, but there was a lot of damage, like neurological damage to the actual body that I'm in. So it took a lot, like it wasn't just the regular challenges of, you know, like I've spoken with other walk-ins about their journey. It's a little bit easier, I think, to integrate if your body isn't damaged. My body was really damaged. So the first couple of years of being here were just about like um, kind of analogous to when a little baby comes here. Like you come here as a little infant, you have to learn all of the basics, including like how to control your body and how to control your muscles and all about food and eating and digestion. Like I had to learn all of those basics. Um, like, and I had to learn all of the basics. Uh, so, so wait, I mean like um, I, should, I should make it more clear. I didn't have to learn English from the beginning, but I did have aphasia, which is where you uh, have challenges choosing the right word. Um, So I had to do a lot of rewiring is the best way I can say it. So I didn't have to learn how to walk from the beginning, but I had to do a lot of rewiring so that I could coordinate my feet. And one of the biggest challenges was that I didn't have my math skills. Um, like when I first came into this body and, you know, started using this brain and, you know, this physical apparatus, um, the math had been really disrupted. So I was numerically oh. illiterate for like, like maybe like the first three or four years of me being here. And I'm sure that everyone could understand how challenging it is to try to navigate the world if you cannot recognize numbers and if you cannot do simple, you know, arithmetic, adding, subtracting, like just for basic money and, and you know, buying and selling things. Um, so that was a huge challenge for me. So when people look at my artwork now, they might be like, oh, Aurora, like you're great at math. I'm like, I'm totally honored that you would think that. And I've been to math conferences, but it took a lot for me to kind of, like I say, rewire. But now I, I didn't used to have the word, but now I know the word. It's called neuroplasticity. That's like when you have an injury to one area of your brain, but you're able to learn to compensate. So all of my artwork, and I encourage people to check it out on my website, it looks like, you know, there's lots of colorful circles and the circles fit together very perfectly in these patterns. All of those mm-hmm. patterns are how I do math now, that I don't do math thinking of numbers like, you know, the number one, the number two, the number three. I do math thinking of things as like a series of harmonic nested uh, circles. And mm-hmm. I also relate that now to uh, the music of a piano. Uh, because harmonics is also something we can understand uh, as an auditory. So this journey of healing, you know, re- rewiring my brain and learning to be in this body, it's it's ongoing. It didn't stop. It's not like, oh, like, you know, like I figured everything out and then like, you know, went, went, you know, went on to live my life. Like I continue to learn, I continue to heal and continue to grow and, uh, you know, continue to do new things that I couldn't do before. Like, you know, there there have been some physical challenges, but like, you know, I say profound healing is uh, it's very very real and very ongoing. Okay, well, it's just, it's, you are so fascinating. I just have to say that. Oh, All right, so I just want to recap this here. Uh, and you're welcome. Um, so at 27, the being who was in the body was physically attacked 
right? And that was a brain injury? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And then, so here you come in and it took you a couple of years to uh, really uh, get equipped. But at the same time, here it is, this consciousness. Did you have an agreement with that soul? And um, when you came in, you invented this flying rainbow lasagna shape to actually right. come in the body. And I find it fascinating that we're going to talk about this shape, um, but it does have to do with really the portal of the heart, right? Yes. Yes. So, yes. okay, before we get there, talk about um, the, the, the last soul. Did you, uh, was it an yes. agreement with that last soul? Did, was it like just on the spot, you saw the need and came right in? It was it was very much on the spot, but I will say that it was not a, just a totally random person. That I had a connection to this human in the conception, like at the conception of the body. That okay. I was like I, you know, um, helped to be able to make things happen. But I'm a very ethical, like higher dimensional being. I would never think that I owned a life or owned a person. It's more like uh. if you planted a seed, you plant an acorn, and then years later you find out it grew into a mighty, you know, mighty oak tree. It's like wow, that's wonderful. Like, that's how I looked at this woman's life. Like, I might have helped a seed get planted, but I didn't own her or do anything in, you know, influencing her life. But when I saw that this was going on, I felt like that's a great injustice. Like, imagine if you saw your favorite tree that you planted was getting chopped down. Like, you would say, that is not fair. You might even use stronger language than that, which is what I did. And, uh -huh. um, yeah, you might even jump in and, like, stop the chainsaw from actually chainsawing down the tree because that is not correct at all. Mm-hmm. So what was that like for you then? Um, did it happen during the brain injury when there was uh, the body was unconscious, or did That's you exactly did you jump in or and like prevent the attacker from? Did you harm the attacker or defend? Uh, yeah. So yeah, really good questions about all of that. So the I have to give a lot of um, credit to what I would describe as the divine not a biblical God, and I, you know, make that clarification here because, like, really, I'm totally a, a newcomer to this world, like a very, like, a cultural outsider. And when I first came here and started to, you know, become more articulate and try to describe what I had been through, when I would use certain language, people would, you know, presume wrongly or mis misinterpret what I was trying to say. So I had to learn. I had to say a lot of time, like, when I'm saying God, like, I'm not talking about a bearded sky God, but I'm also, I'm not here to denigrate anybody's religion or anything like that. But really, a, let's call it a divine force field of grace held yes. this body together on a cellular level so that the body didn't die even though it should have like literally there was a metabolic death so as i was saying some other walk-ins have much more of a peaceful entry like they don't you don't necessarily have to you know have a death or like have your body in a million pieces to be able to get in here but i think maybe that's been the journey for some of us maybe the older you know the, the previous i've been here for many decades like i think some of the newer guys like it's easier for them to come in they just kind of slide right in um but some of the the people that have been here for a while like it's like you know car, car accidents metabolic death there was a real metabolic death of this body and let's just say a miracle. I think that's a good word for it. Uh, a miraculous force field prevented the body itself from totally dying and decomposing. And that mm -hmm. moment of grace allowed me, a galactic being, to do this new thing that I call the flying rainbow lasagna. And I call it flying rainbow lasagna. Like, this is how much you know I'm not from around here. Like, where I come from, that is a perfectly normal thing to call things. Like, of course, it looks like it's a flying rainbow lasagna. 
But when I tell people about it here, they're like, Aurora, that's the most bizarre name for anything we've ever heard ever. So I'm like, okay, guys, like, I'm sorry. But it, it just, it, like, uh, it, it made sense to me. I, I created it very spontaneously in the moment. Like, imagine you had to get, you know, like, hop across the river. Like, there's no place. you got to get from point A to point B. You're going to have to do something. I made the pathway. And the pathway is a higher dimension that is made by folding the fabric of time, space, and consciousness in a new way. That's the best way I can say it. So just like you can take a piece of flat piece of paper and fold it into an origami shape, you can take time that's like a flat plane and fold it into a new shape. And that is what flying rainbow lasagna is. So, uh, I mean, it might sound like a lighthearted or fantastical object, but it actually contains very profound truth. That that is what motivates me to be here in this body. So expert extraterrestrials do not have to fly in a metal space container, you know, like a clank, clank metal spaceship where you're blasting off with rocket ship engines. Like that is not how we get around. Um, myself and, you know, other higher dimensional beings travel on just pure consciousness waves. And it can be challenging for beings that are more dense and don't have the higher dimensional perception to be able to even perceive and understand what is going on. So what motivated me to come into this body is I can actually have like a mouth and a voice and explain in explicit detail this new opportunity. Like uh, instead of just having, you know, like an idea, a way, like a thought form, like floating around, like here's a possibility, flying rainbow lasagna. I chose actually to have a body and describe it to people so that I felt it would it would save a lot of suffering, actually. Like if there's this solution as to how humans can be more free and, you know, transcend these difficulties and suffering, like why should humans have to wait around hundreds of years and figure it out slowly? Like I can come and describe it directly. So that is what I did. I came into this body and I, over many years, figured out somehow how to describe these ideas using words, which was a big challenge. And mostly I felt most comfortable describing them with pictures, like kind of drawing diagrams and, uh, you know, using a visual language in that way, because that's much more what communication is like in the realm that I come from. It's very direct, telepathic, kind of like visual and auditory download. And I do have to say in the uh, teaching classes that you do, it is, like I said, you were explaining in, in the first uh, episode that I watched, I saw you explain the wavelengths of the chakras in such a beautiful way. I've never seen that before. Um, so that's amazing. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that. But let's yeah. let's talk a little bit more about how, so you created this shape, this hyperdimensional portal shape. Um, yes. When we have, there's there's video sightings of ships, light ships all over the the world, and they are when they when we zoom in on them, we can see that they're in these shapes that are not metallic, not linear, not solid, but more like energy, and they can expand and shrink in size. They fluctuate in size in the videos of orbs, like sky light ships that people have gotten. And when you were talking about pure waves of consciousness or pure consciousness waves, that's what these are, right? 
That's that's exactly right. I would say if we're going to roughly divide up non-terrestrial, you know, entities into two different categories, there's the mm-hmm. beings who use technology, like a physical, like microchip metallic technology, and there's beings who are so advanced, they do not require technology to get around in their consciousness vehicles. And they're mm-hmm. like opera singers. You know, like really well-trained opera singers do not need any amplification to make their voices carry. Um, but let's, let's say you're a crappy singer, you're not very good at all, or a heavy metal singer or something like that. You need a microphone and an amplifier. So that's what the uh, metallic objects that we see, those are like the not very good musicians of the cosmos. And they have to have amplifiers to artificially augment their signals and get mm-hmm. them around from place mm-hmm. to place. But the real experts are sophisticated, um, totally natural beings who don't need any kind of technological augmentation. And that, like, I emanate from a collective of consciousness, and that's what my collective is like. We are all highly trained opera singers. We do not need any silly technological gadgets to get around or augment our, our, our voices or anything like that. And, yeah, we, we fly from, like, a, you know, dimension to dimension or area to area, having wonderful adventures, like basically making art projects. So this is my latest experience here on Earth, you know, making art projects here on Earth. (laughs) Okay, well, fascinating. Welcome to planet Earth. You've been here for almost uh, 20 years, what, 18 years now? Almost. I know, my goodness. Thank you for the warm welcome. Well, Thank you for the warm welcome. Oh, you're welcome. Welcome, welcome. Um, Seriously, right. it wasn't that way. When I first came here, it was a little bit of a rough gig, so it's so nice to finally meet the cool people. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Okay, I am going in a, a lot of different directions here because what you have to offer is so amazing. So let's talk about this portal shape. Um, and actually, I'd like yes. yesterday on just yesterday's show, we were talking about the way of the rainbow and the way the colors. And and so this is right on on topic. So um, you're creating a portal with the rainbow colors. And in our studies of Tibetan Buddhism and the rainbow yes. body, achieving the rainbow body. Can you speak a little bit about that? What you exactly? It's, it's your inside intel. It's, mm-hmm. it's 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 absolutely connected. So the description from the Tibetan Buddhists of creating or generating the rainbow body, it's like they've got their own description or their own flavor of a, a, an experience that I'm having too. It's the, the, the same type of thing. It is an inner transformation into an abstract state. So what I teach about and what I embody in my own DNA is this idea of transforming from a torus or a donut shape into a higher dimensional torus or donut shape. That's what I call the flying rainbow lasagna. And the idea is, so I should I should rewind a little bit first and say, a lot of people, when I start to present to them the idea of the chakras or energy centers and the rainbow colors, the Roy, Roy G. Biv, red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet. Here, we'll, we'll play it on the piano. Here, here, wait, wait. Red, orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, violet, and it all adds up to white. Um, a lot of people say, Aurora, we hate that. It's Saturn's cube. It's the seven colors of the rainbow are holding me in. They're boxing me in. It's the matrix I hate it. Get me out of the matrix. I want to be free. Like, this is sometimes what I come up against. So I have to tell everyone, like, hey, what we're experiencing in our reality right now, there's a perfect musical score that was really created by an advanced, beautiful composer, like someone as intelligent and, and divine as Mozart. Um, but the, the, it's been hacked. 
So what we're experiencing as reality, please don't be frustrated. Please don't say like, oh, I hate my chakras. I want to get rid of them. I want to get rid of everything. Because it's true that right now, it's like if your body is diseased, it's uncomfortable, but amputation is not necessarily the answer. So many people are experiencing um, a lack of um, um, uh, functionality in different chakra areas. Basically, our entire world, all of the chakras are out of balance. And that means not only our physical realm, but also like our intellectual realm and our realm of pure insight, like all these different layers of being that also correspond to our ability to directly connect to time. Like instead of this idea that time is just this thing that is separate from you, where you're tumbling along and someone else is the scriptwriter and you're having all these experiences, many of which are, are crappy or uncomfortable, and you somehow are not able to connect to it. All of that is because of ancient disruptions in not only our chakra system, but also in our DNA and its function and behavior. And those two things go hand in hand. So ancient, ancient disruption of human DNA and chakra system means that we're not living like in an ideal world, where it's supposed to be a schoolhouse for learning, where we can do all these different things and then receive feedback on our actions, but instead it's a hacked system where we just randomly experience suffering. So this flying rainbow lasagna is the solution. It's like, what do we do with this crappy situation that we find ourselves in? The answer is not like get, you know, jump, jump out of your body, whatever, blow up planet Earth. Like none of those are decent solutions. My solution is we can say there's muddy footprints all over the world. We see it, bucket and a mop. Let's actually clean up these muddy footprints. So the human genes have been disrupted and do not function correctly. What if we can rearrange our DNA? What if we can, like a flat piece of paper, fold it into an origami shape so that now it looks and behaves differently? That's what I propose with this flying rainbow lasagna shape. And it's not just an idea or a thought structure or something like that. It's really something you embody. So I also embody it with my body. It's like not just saying, like, I got an idea, guys. Let's run 26 miles. It's also like saying, like, I'm actually going to run the marathon. So that is what I am here doing. And I offer, um, you know, my experience as a template for other people to inspire them, like, hey, if I can do this with my body, imagine what is possible with you. But I would, I, my, it's my value system, like, not to tell other people what to do. So still leaving open the door for each person to be their own, like, divine guide, for each person to, like, you know, have their own unique expression of their own DNA, because guess what, everybody, your own DNA is unique. Like, my solution doesn't necessarily fit as a one-size-fits-all for everyone. Everybody has to develop their unique, let's call it a combination, like solving a Rubik's Cube. You have to move the Rubik's Cube in just the right way, and then it is solved. So each one of us has our own unique dance or set of movements that we have to do in order to rectify our DNA into its ideal form. And that's what the slime rainbow lasagna is. It's a dance. So it's a physical dance. You can do it with physical dance with your arms and legs, but, like, I'm not going to tell anybody else how to do their dance. You develop your own unique dance that works for you. Yes. <clears throat> okay. So... We can use this to clean up the distorted DNA or the yeah. programs within us. So yeah. can you describe uh, the process then, um, how we can yeah. begin to dance in our DNA? Absolutely. So what I just did is kind of like saying, hey, guys, there's this new invention that was created, something like a piano or like an electric guitar. And it's a lot to say, like, I, to try, I could not teach you, I would say, in five minutes. 
to how to play the piano, like a symphony in five minutes, but I can say, hey, a piano exists, and it is possible to learn how to play a symphony. So that's why, like, I started, okay, so when, when I, I'm, I'm primarily a visual artist, and years ago, when people would come into my studio, I would be so excited. I would just start telling them all sorts of things, all about the, you know, the mathematical structure of what you see in my paintings, and I started to realize that it's, like, too much lasagna on the plate at one time, that people would be like, Aurora, like, I can't even listen anymore. I love you, but, like, I got to go. And that's, like, I realized I had to cut things up into manageable bite-sized pieces. So what I started to do was um, record little, like, 10-minute whiteboard lessons where I would talk about different aspects of what leads up to the whole. Because the flying rainbow lasagna is like a culmination. Just like in music, you might first learn a very basic melody or a very basic chord, and then you get to add more and more to that until you have a whole song. So what I started to do was divide up the information into sensible chunks. So one of the first understandings is like, uh, what are the layers of reality? And how are these layers structured? Because I perceive all of this very visually. And I think it's easier if you have, to, if in speaking about something that is so abstract and invisible like time, to actually have a diagram to be able to like sink your teeth into, quote unquote. So I do a lot of talking with pictures and showing the exact proportions of like, uh, so I mean, because I know there are already many existing charts of what are chakras and how do they relate to the physical body. I have uh, the actual uh, measurements of how they relate, like a much more exact um, uh, anatomical drawing. Mm -hmm. And all of that is, is the precursor, like understanding that is the precursor to being able to do the flying room lasagna. So the first thing is, understanding your anatomy that's just like if you're like if you're a woman and you're going to have a baby like it's important to understand like what a uterus is and like where the baby is going to come out of like you got to understand your anatomy and then uh, the other thing is this is a, a powerful thing to do it requires lots of energy like you got to have gas in your car to make it go so sun gazing is a big part of being able to do flying rainbow lasagna and i teach about that mm -hmm. in my class actually a couple of lessons ahead. We're, we're about halfway through the semester. It's a couple of weeks ahead. And the way that I do sun gazing, what I teach other people is um, not how to fry your eyeballs by looking directly at the sun. No, that is not what I teach. What I teach instead is how to safely connect with the sun with your inner eye, because that's really what you need to do. Like you need to eat physical food for your physical muscles to move when you dance but you need to eat light, pure consciousness light, to be able to have enough gas or energy to do this non-physical dance. So sun gazing is a big part of that. And learning protection, like having an immune system or um, encryption. Um, so what I teach about is the Merkaba, which is something that is ancient. I did not innovate the Merkaba. What I teach about it like having an energetic immune system. Like uh, before you go out any place, you know, you got to make sure that you're not going to catch a lot of germs or pathogens or have a lot of unwanted visitors jump inside of you. That's what this is about, like learning how to have a, a protective shield around you. So having enough energy to make it happen, having a protective shield to be able to do it. And then I actually go into, uh, you know, teaching the actual movements of it. I have animations because, you know, I try to vividly paint a picture with my voice, but it can still be challenging. Like, I, I, I don't know how to transmit the exact shape of the lasagna with my voice. I have animations and pictures and diagrams where I show people what is moving on a genetic level, what is moving on a body level, and then I encourage everyone to de develop their own daily practice. And it's something like 
painting an oil painting where you don't expect to paint a masterpiece in one day. Like if you paint a painting, first you start off with a rough sketch and then you might put down a little glaze and then you let it dry and you come back the next day and you put another layer and every day, this is traditional oil painting, you put another thin layer of paint and you let it dry. So the flying rainbow lasagna dance is a cumulative experience over time. It's not like you do it all in one day. It's adding to this refinement of reality because that what, what I'm encouraging everyone to do is to paint a new reality that this dance connects you directly to the time field so that you're not just having weird or uncomfortable events happen to you, but you become like a jazz musician where you're innovating music. You're like, I don't like those events. I want to write a better event. Like, it doesn't matter if the script says, like, now you will die of cancer. You're like, I don't like that script. I'm going to write something else. You jazz it up. You write something else or whatever. Avoid a car accident on the highway. Like, I literally know someone in my class who flying rainbow lasagna herself out of a car accident on the highway, and I'm happy she did. So these are the type of things we can do as we begin to rearrange the Rubik's Cube of reality. You can avoid disasters, and we can also collectively begin to create a much more beautiful uh, social, you know, consensus. What what we're doing with our fabric of, of, oh, my goodness, none of us want to live in the world we're in right now. Everything is incredibly distorted and horrible. We can collectively build a much more happy society to live in. Absolutely. And that's where this comes in to assist us. We all want to understand it better. So this is powerful then as we learn um, more about working with this energy and connecting with the sun, like sun gazing. Um, Why is that so important from your perspective? It really is the light of who we are. Yeah. Yeah, all of our consciousness comes from the sun and the stars. I call it the stellar network. And that's literally a large neurology, like a giant brain that we can see twinkling in the sky. And we are so microscopic in comparison to that larger, you know, superstructure. We're we're not even like a neuron in the brain, Earth, our planet. We're like a little tiny neurotransmitter, like on a molecule, on a neuron in a great giant brain. And I really feel that we have a lot of these distortions, like on the intellectual level, um, the words themselves, like we're here using words to communicate with each other and we deserve like huge kudos or like a medal of honor or something for trying to do it. Words themselves are inherently distortive. And I feel like when we can connect directly to the sun and the stars, we can get these concepts, this food for the intellect directly, bypassing any of the distortion of words. It goes like directly into my understanding and fills me with the life force energy that is a vitality beyond words. And that's when I when I do my sun gazing practice. It's literally where I get my energy for everything from painting a painting. It's where I get inspiration and ideas from that, or the energy to dance and move my body, or uh, to sing and make music. Like if I don't, that's why I live in a sunny climate. If I don't sun gaze, I feel like I don't have the gas in my car to make any of those things happen. So I encourage everyone to do sun gazing. But like I said, it's not a connecting to the physical you know, light that's emanating from the star. Although we get that on our skin, that's a type of food too. It's much more of a of an inner connection to the consciousness of the sun. So it's something that you could do even on a cloudy day, even if the sun is ro- rotated around on the other side of the planet, if it's nighttime, um, mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, under whatever other circumstances. Like you, you, don't, it, you don't have to live someplace sunny all the time to be able to do this type of connection. Good. All right. Well, let's learn a little bit more about sun gazing. 
so you you said that you could do it even in in when the sun is on the other side of the planet. Is there a better oh, yeah. time, like first thing in the morning, or are there optimal yeah, times? Okay. Optimal time. You named it first thing in the morning and at sunset too. And that usually is when the sunlight is filtered through not only the um, lateral, you know, atmosphere, but also usually through trees or something like that. Mm. So in my house, the sun starts to rise through, through like the, the bedroom window and it goes through some trees. So I can luckily enough do some sun gazing right from my bedroom in the morning. But um Someone once asked me, if I live on the second floor apartment, do I physically have to go down to the ground and like put my feet on the ground or sit on the ground? I said, no, just in the same way that you can imagine a tendril that connects your forehead to the sun so that you can ingest that light. You can imagine a tendril or an energy that connects the base of your spine to our planet because that's what we're doing. We're creating like a big energy battery where you are the battery and you're quote unquote plugging in to both the sun and the earth. And so it's mostly your envisionment that matters, much less your physical body position. And one other thing that I can say that helps a lot is placing your tongue, the tip of your tongue, on the roof of your mouth to create a complete circuit. Like, so my my inner eye connects with the sun, my spine connects with the earth, I connect my tongue to the roof of my mouth, I'm creating like a big, giant circle. And then what I do is I inhale the light that's the best way I can say it, kind of like the way an elephant would inhale water up its trunk, you know, inhaling or or you know, drinking in that light that comes from the sun. And I really feel it coming into my forehead and coming into my sinuses and sometimes even like going down my throat and into my belly, like my lower belly, you know, the, the hara, your, where, you know, your, where your intestines are. Like I feel the energy going in there and storing up there. And I do several inhalations filling myself up the same way that you would fill up a bowl of soup or cereal or something like that until I'm almost up to the brim. And when I do one more inhalation, I go all the way up to the brim. I feel that energy kind of exploding out the top of my head, but I tilt my head in such a way that it kind of circles back around and can reconnect with the sun. It's almost shaped like an ankh. And so I have a whole lesson all about sun gazing where I draw diagrams and I draw the human body and how that relates to the shape of an ankh and how like it's it's difficult to describe with words, but I hope that I was I was beaming telepathic pictures at your audience and everyone. I hope you got my telepathic pictures. Yes, we got them actually. Okay. <clears throat> well, it is so fascinating, absolutely fascinating. Um, let's talk about some other topics that might be interesting for everyone. One of the things that you explain very well are, and it comes out in your artwork, and you mentioned that you were mathematically uh, illiterate, but now you know it so well. And yeah. when we look at your artwork, we see it's it's like it goes through the heart. So let's talk a little bit about that, because this is really where all of our power is. And it looks like the seed of life, right? There's geometric shapes. And that's how you understand math now. That's fascinating. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when I make these paintings, first of all, I do them because they're how I learn and how I help to self-organize, you know, my, my inner world and understand things better. But I also share them with others. They're like footsteps on my journey of how I have, like, become more and more complex in my understanding of what these concepts are. Um, the paint, what I do with these paintings, I'm painting pictures of time. 
So it's a way of giving form to something that is just completely, you know, generally formless and understanding it better. And also I started to learn that um, math and science, you know, scientists of this time and place, are starting to catch up with some of the things that I've been doing intuitively. Um, there are some uh, mathematicians now that are representing math formulae as like uh, an image, not necessarily as a linear equation like 1 plus 1 equals 2, but this one guy, Dr. Gates, is working with what he calls adinkras, which is kind of like a complex diagram of many different lines that connect together. It almost looks like strings or like little tiny lines connecting together, but each line represents uh, a particle or a force. So what I'm trying to say is that the flying rainbow lasagna and the artwork that I do, these are visual, they're, it is a language, and the language is very much like math. And the reason why I speak in this language as opposed to saying it all in English, like why do I not write it out as a novel or a paper or something like that, is I feel that language is inherently distortive. So in order to get across these ideas, just really the, the best way that I can communicate or clearest way I can communicate is through this imagery. And the imagery is very much connected to math, but it's also connected to, let's say, the purely abstract realm of consciousness. And that realm of consciousness is a place that many, many people are now starting to explore and describe in various different things. So like the flower of life and the seed of life that you were talking about, that has become now uh, a normal thing. You can say that everybody knows what you're, what you're referring to, and I'm happy for that because in the you know, previous years that I've been here, that was rather obscure knowledge and not everybody knew about that. Not everybody had like the wherewithal to even appreciate the complex right. patterns that I'm describing. Yes. yes. So basically... Our physical body, our cellular body, has a lot of natural math built into it. Everything mm -hmm. from the shape of our skeleton to the shape of how our cells fit together to um, how we started when we were conceived, you know, like a little sperm and a little egg and the profusion of cells that expanded from there. So though that number system or that, that level of organization, it's programmed into us. And I'm not a transhumanist. Like, I'm totally not about machines and the, this becoming a cyborg or anything like that. If I say something is programmed <laughs> in, I'm talking, I'm talking more on a natural sense, like just to, make, to be really clear. Um, but we have, we have all of those geometries. It, it, it's innate. It's innate within us. Yeah. And so um, I think that what we, the, best, the best thing to do is to acknowledge and explore those perf perfect numbers and number systems that already exist within us, even including on a neurological level. So, yeah, the way that I do these paintings now, it is an exploration of math, but not necessarily using traditional calculations the way you would remember it from school. And when I teach people about these um, shapes, I mean, I, my whole intention is to make it accessible to a, a regular person who is, does not have a background in quantum physics or math or anything like that. So when I teach in my class, I joke because I start to talk about math and everyone's like, no, no, Aurora, we hate math. I'm like, don't worry, guys. I'm going to make this a lot of fun. Like, I make it very accessible because that's how I see math as something fun, which you might want to shoot me for, but I don't do it in this boring way. Most of my math involves rainbow colors and associations with musical notes and uh, these different shapes and forms. So, um, and once you understand these, uh, these shapes on this particular level, you can then apply them to almost any level. Like what's true on the human level is true on the planetary level, and that's true on the level of the stars, and that's true on the level of galaxies. And you can begin to expand and understand um, m much more than just uh, the, the, you know, your, your local, you know, human body. You can start to understand everything by understanding these shapes. 
Amazing. Okay. All right. Well, your course, again, was absolutely amazing how you talked about fractals and everything. It really is cool. Um, so people can, it, it's almost like this is, I want to say it's like a mastery. It's a PhD in metaphysics. The way oh, that's that, a good description. Very yeah. good description for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So your, go ahead. I, was gonna, I, I think it's also good a good description of the materials in the class. It's like um, uh, like taking driver's lessons before you do like astral projection, before you drive your astral vehicle. It's kind of like saying like you need to read the map before you know. If I'm teaching some young person how to drive, I want to say some kid teaching some kid how to drive. You know, it's not just about like what's the gas and what's the brake. It's also like, hey, what's a stop sign and what street should you be on and what area of the neighborhood should you never drive to? So the things that I make these paintings about and what I teach about in my class, these are maps of consciousness. And it gives us more of an idea of like where is the area of the time field that we want to inhabit? What are neighborhoods, quote, unquote, that we never want to go to? Uh, what, what, what are those neighborhoods like? Who lives there? Why do they live there? What, and then we get into the whole structure of consciousness. Why is consciousness like this? Like why, why is there this, you know, bad neighborhood you're not supposed to go to? Where I'm talking about the lower astral. You know, like I call it the membrane of death. It is a meniscus or a, uh, a, a realm between realms, like a, a membrane between dimensions. And there's a lot of consciousness residue that is stuck there. And it's not a place that you want to go and talk and interact or go your experience life yourself. So in hmm. What I'm teaching about in my class, I'm teaching everyone, like, no, no, you want to avoid the membrane of death. Don't go there. Don't go there. So, And I'm teaching much more about, like, aligning with the timelines and possibilities that are um, aligning with infinity or an unbroken consciousness that does not have to experience, let's say, uh, refurbishing or recycling or the, the constant. That, that's why everybody hates the, the They're like, I hate the chakras. Set me free. It's not that the chakras mm-hmm. are bad or wrong. It's that they haven't been functional. And that's why people have had to continually either do time loops or repeat lives or repeat experiences or they feel like their lives are out of their control um, because they have not been able to effectively utilize their chakra system. So that's what I'm trying to teach, these tools of empowerment as to how to become the scriptwriter of your life or be actually the driver of your car so that you're not just a passenger having unpleasant experiences. You actually write the script or you read the map and then you say, I'm going where I want to go, and then you go there and you take the consequences of going there. But that's what you're supposed to do in life. Absolutely. Now more than ever for all of us to really choose how we show up in the world and how we are here on a mission. You are here on a mission and it is to share this, what you call the rainbow, the flying rainbow lasagna. It is a tool for great transformation. So uh, would you say when we are talking about ascension, would you yeah. say that you are fully conscious or in an ascended state, uh, an expanded consciousness state? Yeah, thank you for that question. I would say I am ascending, like not in the past tense, because mostly it is used the term like an ascended person. I am, I am here in the flesh, 
And what I wouldn't be able to be here in the flesh if I didn't have motivations or personal motivations or let's say um, lessons to learn, like some reason to be here. Like um, my desire to share the flying rainbow lasagna is very much a part of my your physical embodiment and why I'm here. And I'm absolutely on that journey of ascending or let's say reconnection with divinity and grace and it's, I'm in solidarity with everyone else here who is also on the journey of ascending. So even though my trajectory might be a little bit different, just like if you're a, a person who is adopted, like you might have been born into your family. I was adopted. My life is different, but we are on parallel trajectories. I wasn't born on this planet. I'm here with everyone who was born here in solidarity, facing the same challenges, the challenges of physical body, uh, socioeconomic crapola, when I say that, like part Pardon me for being so vernacular, but you know what I mean? Like, you've got to have money and all these different things. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about, guys. Play. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's it. And I, di- I didn't come here with a giant golden bank account that made it so much easier for me. So I'm facing all the same exact challenges, and I'm really telling you, in unison or let, let, like as a collective, we are getting to these enormous heights of consciousness that have never been explored before. So I'm, I'm very excited to be here, excited to be having my journey, and it is happening in parallel with all of you other lovely people that are here. Like, it's an amazing, we're, we're in a symphony, and we are reaching this crescendo of the symphony of life. Beautifully said. Wow. Okay, so uh, the flying rainbow lasagna technique, it's it's extensive and there's a lot to it like we said it's it's there's a lot to it we can't just um, learn the piano and then expect to play as a virtuoso so we don't have time we're not going to be able to go into the flying rainbow what it is but can you describe a little bit for us uh, kind of what it looks like there is a video up on this page um, for those who don't see it, you can uh, refresh your screen and you'll see a little video of how it was conceived. But share with us a little bit so we can really understand what that is. Absolutely. So uh, in painting a picture with my voice, the shape itself has uh, all the colors of the rainbow from red all the way through violet. And the outer perimeter is red. And it's a curvilinear shape that does not have um, straight lines. So many times when we're looking at when we're looking at polygons or polygon means a multi-sided shape, people are very familiar with things like a square or a triangle or even a cube or a pyramid. These all have straight straight sides. But my flying rainbow lasagna has all curvilinear shapes. It's all made out of circles and arcs and portions of circles. And so to, same thing with my, my paintings, which are all kind of like reflections of the lasagna. And the lasagna has an eightfold symmetry. So it can be divided up into eight symmetrical or perfect parts. And um, it has an interior space that I call the negative space. That is, when I say negative, to be clear, it's not like negative, bad, wrong, evil, nothing like that. More like the way we talk about negative space in art school, where we say the negative space of the sculpture. So my coffee cup has negative space. It's where the coffee goes. So this um, flying rainbow lasagna shape has an interior that is the negative space, like what what the, the outer framework is holding this space. That space itself is the higher dimension that we all begin to embody when we create this on a genetic level. 
and um, the outer perimeter, which is red, that is kind of like the spool, like it's like a spool of thread that the twine of your DNA wraps itself around. So if I squint my eye in just the right way and I look at the curly edge of the, oh, everybody asked me, why is this called lasagna? The, the answer is because the edge of the shape has that same shape of like a curly lasagna noodle. You know what I'm talking Wavy. about? How the edge is kind of, yeah, exactly. Yes. exactly. That's why it's called so, yeah. lasagna because it looks, when we look at the shape, yeah. So this is like, it's like a living, it almost looks aquatic like some of the um, squid yeah. Right, the flowingness, the waves, mm -hmm. undulation. Yes. Or like like a jellyfish. Someone sent me a picture of a neon jellyfish and said it's flying rainbow lasagna, and I think that's apt. <laughs> okay. All right. So please continue because it's fascinating. So and you know when when I share I share I have sculptures and I've you know in my artistic career I've made many different sculptures of lasagna but it's important for me to get across the idea that it's not a static shape it is a dynamic form dynamic. so it's a wave form like an uh, yeah like an undulating mm -hmm. jellyfish and it's always moving and dancing and um it's dancing on a subcellular level like at the level of your DNA because your DNA is a vibrating string just like the vibrating string of a piano or the vibrating string of a guitar. So the basis of what I teach about is that, you know, up until this point, the songs and the melodies that we have played on our DNA have been everything that we inherited from our ancestors and from human society. You know, and most of these songs are about disease, like how to get diseases, how to become decrepit, and how to die. And those yeah. are not good songs to play on the instrument of your body. Like literally, when we come here as little tiny infants, none of us know about death. And we have to be given that program, like a mental software program that says this is what death is. And as soon as, we, and it could be whatever, it could be from seeing your gold, your pet goldfish dies, or maybe your granny dies or whatever. But someone tells you, where did the goldfish go? Goldfish went bye-bye. And you learn about death. And as soon as you do, it changes the movement of your DNA and you stop moving. Wow. We have all stopped moving. Yes, yeah, doing our natural dance, which is our natural dance is one of immortality. You just keep dancing forever. But once you learn death is a thing and then they even teach you like death is inevitable. It's going to happen to everyone. There's no escape. All of those are, I would say, erroneous programs. And the solution is flying rainbow lasagna, which is basically where you can do the most unlikely thing possible in a situation. So, uh, like, there's a funny movie, The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It's a silly, fun yeah. science fiction movie. <laughs> they have the big red button. When they get into a jam, they press the big red button, and it's the infinite improbability drive. Anything can happen when you press the big red button. I would like everyone to consider the flying rainbow lasagna as being very similar to that, that in the moment of great duress, it looks like there's no other options and there's no place to go. Press the big red button. Do the flying rainbow lasagna dance. Rearrange the Rubik's Cube of your DNA. And all of a sudden, the most unlikely things can happen. Like, oh, you don't actually die. You don't get, end up being smashed up on the highway. Instead, you rise up and, you know, end up achieving superhuman capabilities. Like, the best, most unlikely things can happen. So to bring that around to, like, our, our current level of experience, I think a lot of people are afraid of what they're thinking, pole shift or some kind of cataclysm that mirrors what happened in ancient Atlantis. 
that I mm-hmm. think a lot of people are afraid that we're going to have some kind of a whatever a, a asteroid or planet Nibiru or other ge- geocataclysm that would in some way be similar to what what we experienced you know many eons ago. And I'm trying to tell everybody we don't have to have the same experience. We can have a completely different and corrective experience that instead of like the um, pole shifting like North Pole to South Pole, South Pole to North Pole. The flying rainbow lasagna is about shifting the inside to the outside. So instead of having this duality, like a, a dipolar, you know, magnet structure, north and south, we're having it turning inside out or, or a reconnection of realms that were previously um, cut off from one another. And when that happens, it doesn't have to be this destruction. It can be a radical renewal. In the same way that there was a moment, like in one day everything came crashing down, I'm encouraging everyone to imagine what would it look like if in one day everything could do the opposite and go crashing up. That would be the most unlikely thing. Press the big red button and instead of saying, oh, our planet will be destroyed in a puff of smoke, instead our planet regenerates instantaneously and becomes the most magical and amazing place to be. That's an experience I would like to have. That's the the song I would like to play with my DNA. I'm inviting the rest of the band. Play that song with me. I think it's a good song. Play that funky music, white boy. Yes. Yeah. Play that because we we need to be light. and, And, okay, so it's all about DNA and the rainbow, the flying rainbow lasagna actually is upgrading our DNA, expanding the DNA when we use it. How do you use it? You say you're dancing with it. That's right. So on a subcellular level, what this dance does is it joins together the singularity that is inside of each one of us with a singularity that is non-local. So that language might sound confusing because it's like, Aurora, what the heck are you talking about? First, I have to describe what is a singularity. So the singularity, there's only one of it. Like you can have capital P, the singularity, capital S, because there's only one. It's single by definition. So if you think about what is at the center of a black hole, the singularity is at the center of a black hole. There's many, many black holes that are in existence, but there's mm-hmm. only one singularity that's at the center of all of them. So it's maybe a bit of like a mind, a mind pretzel type of thing. You could imagine one giant room, like one giant room, that's the singularity, that has a million different doors and windows that all are different entry points to get into that room. Um, the, all those different entry points are like different black holes or different atomic structures or even inside of the energy centers of you and I and on a subcellular level. We have those doorways to infinity too, but it all leads to the same room. So it's infinity, it's the zeroth dimension, it's the singularity. And, um, you know, it's a, it, that's a big concept. Like that's a foundation concept of what I talk about and teach, and I go into it extensively. So that's just, you know, like a little description of what it is. But when I do the dance, I combine the singularity that is inside of me with the singularity that is inside of any other thing. So it could be a tiny thing like an atom or a giant thing like a redwood tree, or a giant thing like a planet, or the sun itself. And I do a lot of dancing with the sun and with the stars, where I'm, uh, I bounce my energy to the sun, and the sun bounces energy back to me. And you develop a rapport, just like musicians. Like, you play a little something, they play a little something, you, you get your groove. Mm. And, yeah, that, so, so this, this flying lasagna is a reconnection 
from yourself as an individual? Like, um, do you think you're an individual separated from the rest of the world? Because that's the lie that we're trying to overcome that says everything that's inside of your epidermis is you and everything outside of your skin isn't you. But that's like, that's not really true, guys. So Mm -hmm. when you start to do this dance, and that's what the rainbow body teachings from the Far East are all about, it's really seeing the outer world as a direct reflection or manifestation of your inner state. And that includes other people. So all of the people that we are seeing around us and interacting with, including all the evil players on the stage, like they are somehow external yeah. manifestations of the internal state. And yeah. so, and again, that's, I'm, I'm not trying to say that you're evil inside or anything like that, but to say like, this is all you. It's all a self-portrait. Like when we look at the world, it's not like, oh, something's here. And then, um, you know, I, I don't take credit for that. Like these are all self-portraits and we can improve the world because it is mm-hmm. a self-portrait because it's itself. Um, so when I slide me lasagna or combine my singularity with another being, it's not like against their free will. It's not like I'm forcing myself into them. That's huge because there's huge boundary issues of the way that our society is structured right now and a lot of the the energy and psychic work that's going on. Like I encourage everyone to have really, really strong boundaries. So this is not something where it's like I'm forcing myself into something else. It's more like the principle of sympathetic vibration where if I um, pluck a note on a piano or on on a guitar, the other strings vibrate slightly just in the presence of that note. You're not touching the other strings. You're not making them do anything, but they're all connected because they're part of the same instrument. We're on this planet. We're all here together, all of the organisms from little tiny microbes to humans to redwoods. We're all connected. We can't pretend that we're just, I'm just strumming my own guitar in my garage and no one else can hear me. Like, no, what you do and what we do um, reverberates outward and affects all of the other organisms here. So I know that my thought structures and my music, literally my voice when I sing and when I play music, emanates outward and affects other people. And that's, that's ethical, like that's allowed. And also other people's music and, you know, their words and vibrations are affecting me. So we're, we're having mm-hmm. a rapport here. So, yeah, I'm sure you want to break in and say something. But the idea, no. the idea is that <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm play, it's like um, I have a very particular song. And the song, like, imagine I came here to Earth and I'm like, hey, 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 everybody, I know you're singing this song already. That's a song about destruction and disease and death, but you don't have to sing it anymore. And I got a new song for you called The Flying Rainbow Lasagna. Like, that's what my life is like here. So it's not like I came to fight against. You know, it's not like I came, like, I'm going to punch somebody in the face. Like, no, no, that's not my, my, my way at all. My way is really more about personal self-expression and telling everyone there's another, uh, another option. Like, you don't have to play the old song of death and disease and decrepitude. You can play a much a much jazzier new song that's been written called The Flying Rainbow Lasagna. And although <laughs> I'm the innovator, like, I'm the new person that wrote the song, but I don't say that it's only for me. Just like Stairway to Heaven. Everybody covers Stairway to Heaven. You know, you give credit to the original writers, to the original musicians, but you take that song and run with it and make it your own. I'm really proud when I have students that take my class and they learn about these concepts, and then they apply it to their own lives, and they do, they take the concepts and run with it and make it their own. Like, that makes me the proudest. I'm like a proud lasagna parent. I wipe a little tear. I'm like, oh, run, fly free, fly free. Uh, you know, it's like, like whatever. Like, you taught somebody to play the saxophone, and then they went out and they smoked, and they, they were great. They were great. You know, smoked on stage. They were really great. They really played. So um, that, that's what I'm trying to say. Like, it is my, my great intention that I inspire other people 
with to do the flying rainbow lasagna so that they can be more free in their life. Like to have, um, to be able to create more with the power of imagination and willpower and passion and to be able to directly affect reality as opposed to just be victimized by reality. And the more people that do the great unlikelihood of like suddenly popping forward into a higher dimensional state and, you know, like becoming a superhero and taking control of your life, the more people that do that, the more that it confounds what I call this ancient artificial intelligence, this ancient AI that has really been, that's what's been afflicting this planet for so long. Like that's what's been trying to reduce human creativity, reduce human individuality, you know, make, make everybody kind of a cyborg and, you know, uploaded to some kind of virtual reality. That mm. doesn't have to be your, your inevitable denouement. You can have a much different ending where you're like, no, I don't want to be consumed by some whatever horrible machine overlord. I'd rather, you know, mm-hmm. kick butt and, you know, have, be, be free. Instead, I'm encouraging everyone to kick butt on a very, very large scale. Hallelujah. Thank you, sister, because this is yes. what this is for. This platform is totally for that. And we don't go into like the, you know, we don't get, well, we could, we could easily get distracted by conspiracy theory and all of that. But in the beginning of this awakening process for many people, there was, there's some that, that go spiritual. Maybe there's a dark night of the soul that causes someone to wake up or what we've seen is actually 9-11 when you came into this planet right after 9-11 that caused a lot of people to wake up um that shifted a lot of things and so when we go down the conspiracy theory rabbit hole that could make people kind of angry but we don't go there because then we take it into an empowering stage where we learn this information and we learn how to apply it in our life so you said something here that is very interesting you know this is really our natural dance, our natural dance with our DNA. And what we've learned on this program is that every time we can choose love from that old programming, simply it, whether it's in an argument um, or, or a disagreement with someone, and we every time we can choose something different than an old pattern, we're actually elevating our DNA. An open heart actually changes our DNA. So when you're talking about playing the new song, it's the song of the flying rainbow lasagna, and deprogramming or removing that program of death, which is an erroneous program, how do you do that? What would you say? How do you create the new song to remove that death gene? So good. So great question. Um, The word is about epigenetics, like the word genetics with the prefix E-P-I, epigenetics. Um, So Bruce Lipton is a research scientist, and I'm throwing that out there for anybody who might be. He's wonderful. I like the way that he describes things, and he has the credentials of someone who is, you know, based in objective materialism, but he speaks very um, clearly about how thoughts and mind and emotion state directly affect genes, gene structure, and gene behavior and manifestation. So I don't have a science background. I don't pretend to be a scientist. I'm, a, I'm an artist, completely. I'm an artist and musician. So for me to say what I say about DNA, some people say, I am skeptical. Who are you to say this? I say, hey, check out this guy's work. <laughs> so if anybody wants to research, the thing to research is epigenetics. And what that concept is that there is a code that rules the code. So your DNA, first of all, is not just a blueprint for what your nose is shaped like or how big your feet are, how tall you are. 
it's much more than just a, a, a blueprint for your physical protein structures. It is also a blueprint for events in reality. So Bruce Lipton doesn't get into the idea of it being connected to events in reality, but what he does speak about very well is that your thoughts and your structures, uh, your thoughts and your emotions affect your structures and the manifestations. So very simply, identical twins come from the same genetic origins, but they don't develop identical diseases. They might both have the potential for a particular form of cancer inside of their genetic code, but they don't necessarily both develop it. And so what would be the thing that would make one twin develop that disease but not the other? And the answer is their thoughts and their emotions and other aspects of their life experience were different and unique. And once you look at that, because when DNA was first discovered in the um, mid-20th century, everybody who was an objective materialist, they, like a scientist or whatever, they said, uh, I'm a fatalist. That doesn't mean you have a fatal disease. It means you're fated to experience what your DNA says. A, if it's written in your book, that's what's going to happen. The great script writer wrote it. But what if you don't want to have the experiences that are written in the book? Well, the answer is you have a, a great deal of power in what is actually expressed in the potentials of the script. And that has to do with your DNA is kind of shaped like a scroll, like an ancient papyrus scroll. And sometimes it's tightly coiled up. And when it's tightly coiled, it cannot be read by the RNA messengers. So whatever is in the scroll is not going to happen. And what if it's un unfurled, if you can mm. read the scroll easily, then, oh, you can make whatever happen. So if someone tells you cancer runs in your family and it's inevitable, you're going to get it no matter what, even if you have the solution how to get rid of a tumor, it's going to be curled up in a scroll that you can't read because the belief says that information mm -hmm. does not exist. So this is how powerful it is, not only what ideas we expose ourselves to, but also what ideas we choose to grasp onto or, or internalize as baseline truth. So, you know, no offense to anyone who once thought, you know, that death is inevitable or whatever. These are subtle programs. And, like, when you go to the doctor and they take a, a medical history and they say, hey, did your mother have this, grandmother have this, it's a very subtle way of trying to say, like, hey, if they had that, you're going to have that too. So it takes a great deal of clarity and strength and willpower to say, hey, just because that happened to them does not mean that that's my path. And to begin to very consciously use your thoughts and emotions to shape your physical possibilities of your body and reality. So that the, the, the short answer, that's the long answer. And the short answer is that by being exposed to new ideas, like most people on the broadcast today listening probably have never heard the word flying rainbow lasagna before, just being exposed to a new idea means that you have now transformed on a genetic level. You have new ideas, you have new, new, new notes available in your instruments to you. Um, and the more that you uh, cultivate these new ideas, the more it is possible to restructure. That really, the, the restructuring, the, the re rearranging the Rubik's Cube, you know, the, the actual physical, mechanical restructuring happens after the um, intellectual, emotional, energetic restructuring happens. Like first you have to think it is possible to restructure and then I would like to restructure in this way and then the physicality restructures in that way. So that's the basics of what, what is happening on a genetic level. Your DNA is not static and it's not stagnant and you're not fated to have all the things that your mommy and daddy and grandparents and ancestors had, your thoughts and beliefs absolutely influence the behavior of your DNA. And even me giving you an idea today, like, hey, if you do a dance 
called the flying rainbow lasagna, you can have a different experience. Like even that is like a, dropping a, a little seed crystal into a super saturated solution. It gives the structure around which all of this other po possibilities can coalesce and condense. So that, that is how I literally see my, my job here on earth, that everyone here is a super saturated solution, like um, the people who are um, um, ready for transformation, ready for something different. And just this concept of flying rainbow lasagna, that each one of us contains within us this um, amazing potential for change and, you know, empowerment. Just drop that into your mind, and then everything else changes and coalesces around that, and all of a sudden all of these new possibilities become possible. So that's the word. I just gave you a bunch of word structure as to how your DNA transforms. But if you were in my studio and I could take out a piece of paper, I would actually draw how your DNA unzips how the flying rainbow is on you fits inside of the little space where the zip teeth of the zipper goes, how it's moving together like I would give you the actual mechanics. And just seeing that and knowing that that is possible is, again, like dropping a seed of potential into the saturated mind, you know, the solution of your mind so that new things can happen and restructure around that potential. The power of really an open mind, an open heart, uh, expanding consciousness, can, it, it all comes to this remembrance that we are connected to beautiful divine force field of grace. I love how you said that. And so when we connect to that, um, we are, you know, there's instantaneous healings where people are literally healed. Quantum University goes into this a lot. They study how people who, one example was someone who, she was on an LSD experience, but because of that experience, it opened her mind up to something that she was able to see that she couldn't see before. And after that experience, she felt such a deep connection to the cosmos, to all that is, that her cancer was totally gone went into amazing. remission immediately yeah. and that's really yeah. what we're talking about here it's amazing so we expand yeah. mm -hmm. expand into yeah. love and, and so you know um anecdotes like that give us an idea of what is possible like we can hear all of these things from an objective materialist viewpoint that says this is not possible you know like what a scientist would tell us in terms of healing but then if we go into really more sophisticated levels of quantum science, it tells us, well, hey, wait, we are observers and we are painting reality literally with the act of our observership. And hey, wait, we can jump timelines. We can transform our experience of which potentials of reality we're experiencing. And so it's kind of like the, the, the hacks or the lower levels of science tell us, oh, that's not possible. But when you get really sophisticated and you get really good, like, yeah, actually the advanced levels tell us this is possible. It is possible to have a spontaneous remission or a spontaneous um, whatever improvement of a health problem, medical crisis, or physical crisis, uh, you know, physical problem. Um, when we look at something like the pollution, the profound pollution that's in our atmosphere and in our environment yeah. or whatever, it, it could be enough to make a person just want to give up. And I'm trying to mm -hmm. plant the seed into people's minds. Please don't give up. 
because this solution is not an objective materialist solution. We're not going to take a big giant vacuum cleaner and vacuum up all the little particles from the ocean and from the air. It's going to be a different way, and it is very possible, but it's something that would be considered impossible. But if you press the big red button of the improbability drive, then these things actually happen. So, um, again, words make it challenging to, to put this into description, but um, I hope that people can tune into the, the, like the, the pure intention behind all of that. Because I'm always sending out these pictures of exactly how to do it with my mind, but it's just, it doesn't, it doesn't, they don't look like humans. They look like circles and shapes and polygons. Just read my polygons, guys. Because this is where it gets hyperdimensional. It is in between the dimensions and it is literally the energetic force field, the energy field from all dimensions. Oh my God, I just got chills as I said that. You're sending me telepathy, I believe. That yes, actually. Exactly. You know, so as we hold, that's why we have been saying for years, since 2012, since even before then, hold the vision of new earth, no matter what it is, hold the vision. And then we begin to look for it out there in the world. We're not going to find it in the regular media outlets that we see, because that's like, that's just all right. We don't even have to go into that. But if we look for it out in the world, I see it. I see some stories popping up. I see where people come together in unity to support one another. And those don't make it because in regular news, if it leads, it bleeds, right? So hold our vision of new earth. That really is so important. And when you say align with timelines, jump timelines, now we're playing, and it comes back into that word dance, because we need to literally shift out of those old belief systems that are keeping us locked in that paradigm. So really, exactly. when we're jumping timelines, we're actually really focusing on the thoughts and really empowering it and shifting belief systems or shifting thoughts that wipe out and dissolve belief systems. Absolutely. Jumping timelines is completely in act. It's a consciousness maneuver. It is about your mind and your energy and your emotions. It is not anything about any kind of technology or machines or machinery or anything like that. So all of this, I'm happy to report, is something that you can do no matter how much money you have in your bank account. So it's not only for billionaires. It's not, you don't need a special computer to do it. It is something that is done with your mind. And becoming mm. adept or becoming a virtuoso at doing this is what we're here to do. And, um, um, this is also how you can understand like love and acceptance because to me love and acceptance is not about like it's not about hugging or romance like if someone is on the path of self-destruction if they're like taking a lot of drugs or whatever it's like they're allowed to do what they want to do but they do it on a different timeline or whatever some people need to see nuclear war they need that for their own personal growth for whatever reason but I don't want to experience that that is experienced mm -hmm. on a different divergent timeline. So mm -hmm. I don't have to control other people's behavior and say, no, no, think like me, be like me, come in this direction. Everybody is free to think and do what they want to do and go in their own direction. There is a timeline or, you know, a world for all of those experiences. But the, the good news is that you personally, you don't have to experience those crappy timelines. You can choose to align with the timelines where you have health and vitality and where our planet does that unlikely instantaneous healing that I was describing before. <laughs> Beautiful. And so to learn all of this great wisdom from Aurora, you all who are listening are invited to a couple of interesting 
options in Aurora's special offer. What I love about this, Aurora, is that, again, we've mentioned your class. Uh, and so share a little bit more about this because this is, I mean, oh, my goodness, it's it's um, very in-depth. And on our yeah. special offer page, we have a, a listing of some of those titles of each of those courses that are included in the level one. So anybody who wants to go deep in this information, as I mentioned, it is so visual. You have, it's like you explain things of waves and particles that's on a quantum level, but you know this from your own experience. It's not like you've studied quantum physics, and that's what I love about it, because it, it brings it all together in a very understandable way that we could actually utilize. So not only do you have this course that's ongoing, but you're putting together an intensive weekend where, oh my gosh, it's like two days back to back. Yes. So it's going to yes. be like 12 hours over those two days. Right. Yes. So that's yes. that's an intensive to get everybody caught up. So tell us about how people can come in and work with this program that you've developed. Good. Thank you so much. You described everything beautifully. Let me just add to it a little bit by saying um, I teach my class and it is usually a five month long semester and my semester is already eight weeks into it. We already have done two months worth of work and I would love to invite all of your listeners to come and join up with the class, but I don't want anybody to be frustrated because it's just like if you joined a movie and it's already one hour into it and you're going to be like, who's this character? Who's this? Who's that? What the heck is going on? <laughs> I don't want anybody to have that feeling. So I developed what, what we could do this weekend intensive for anybody who wants to jump on board and jo like get, get in the groove with the rest of the band. I will present all of the information, you know, in the condensed form that we've already done as a class over the past eight weeks. And all of this will do – then – then anybody who has taken that weekend intensive will be prepared to then rejoin the rest of the class for the rest of the semester. And I've been teaching my class for about the past seven years. And I, like I've mentioned, I'm also an artist and a musician. And what I'm doing after this semester is taking a break from having this more intellectual approach. And I'm going to take more of a artistic creative approach in presenting the ideas. So there will still be recorded lessons available, but this is this is the last opportunity for a little while if a person wants to be a part of the online class. And the way that the online class is structured, like after the weekend intensive, it's weekly webinars, like weekly live presentations that correspond with a recorded homework lesson. So you watch a video that's your homework and then you come to class that week and you're prepared to listen to and participate. And all of these have drawing assignments. So for anybody who really wants to learn on a deep level, because the way that I learn best is by drawing, like I'm very tactile, I would encourage everyone to come to class with a ruler and a compass, like a, a drawing um, machine that can make graduated circles and pencils and colored pencils if possible, and I will give actual drawing assignments, so that would be part of the weekend intensive. So yeah, it's just like, I, I'm so excited. I would like everybody to just be an instant virtuoso and be able to play the piano, but I recognize it, it's sensible bites. Got to give you sensible bites. Yes. So that that's how I've uh, presented things. So I would really I would really encourage and invite everyone who has an interest in please sign up and enroll. I would I would love to have you participate. Yes. Okay. So I love it because there's a couple of options there. One, depending on where people want to meet you at with this course material, mm -hmm. so people can do both the weekend intensive, and they can take the ongoing semester 
and get all caught up. They could get both of those or they can do it individually. So if someone just wants to come and do the weekend intensive or if you just want to start in on the ongoing course that's underway and go to those recordings and get caught up that way, it's really beautiful. And the price of this is pretty, pretty good because it's so extensive. There's a lot of information. And this is really helpful because the way that you've got it set up, Aurora, is that people could, they could fit this in when they, when they get in their daily routine. For example, if someone is, is really uh, in, into their morning routine and sitting there, they could literally just watch one of your videos, one of the lessons in the course, and then sit and contemplate in their own life and create in their own life. So it's pretty powerful and very effective oh. on the teaching lesson. So I love it. Oh, yeah. Thank you for that. Yeah. So the homework lessons are recorded whiteboards. Like you don't see my face, but you hear my voice, and then I draw a lot of diagrams. And all of the live webinar presentations are all archived. So I do that because I literally have students on every continent, not on Antarctica. There are no penguins, but everywhere else. So it's almost impossible for me to schedule it so that everybody can, re you know, be on live. And, uh, yeah, some people have nine-to-five jobs. So, yeah, everything is archived, and you can go at your own pace. And some people want to do, like, a level one and level two and binge. You know, they want to do it all at once. But some people, yeah. I say sensible bites, spread it out, give time to digest so that you can really go over the concepts. <laughs> so you can binge watch or you can take it in sizable steps exactly. that you can implement. I personally like exactly. um, do, just doing a little bit each day or, you know, every couple of days and then taking notes, keeping a dedicated journal with it because, wow, some of these concepts are just so great, like I said. So thank you so much for that. This is totally a special offer that allows everyone to become a virtuoso of your own mind. Empower yourself in this way and really break free and into this next uh, beautiful dance and expression that we are, this personal self-expression, and it's beautiful. Um, as we wrap up our show today, when, okay, because one of the, the, the courses is all about the chakras and that kind of goes deep. And I love how you explain it and the frequency vibrations of those chakras. Again, I have done a lot of research in this area myself, talking to so many people, and I've never heard it explained the way that you explain it. And it makes so much sense. No wonder the um, chakras match the musical notes because of the way that you've explained it as well on the range of frequency. So when we're looking at our chakras and each of our individual chakras we add them all up and there's white it's all the colors yes. of the chakra our light is all the colors of the chakra so as we close our session today really what is the goal of us and our chakras working with our chakras I would really say that it is a journey of a reconnection like we have been emanated from you know this origin point of infinity and the singularity and now we find ourselves here in this material world and our job so we've been like gone from the specific to the general now what we're doing is the complementary journey we are being refined from the general to the specific and the chakras are literally like a lens like you have a lens on your eye or on a telescope that bends light 
and the idea is making it coherent or focused light. We are literally refocusing our light with our chakras and with our journey here being on the planet, like all of the life experiences that we have refocus us back into that divine white light. Isn't that beautiful? And on that note, we are complete in this quantum conversation that has absolutely gone quantum. Our minds are expanded. Our hearts are definitely open. And we feel empowered and deeply in love, in love with life. I hope everyone is feeling this. Aurora, you are amazing. Again, I want to thank you for taking this galactic call do you know the, where you're from across the universe? Yeah, I'm from a lot of different places because it's like a traveling band. So I say that I'm from a collective that has a value system. And it's like yes. what, what my music is like. My values are ones of freedom and unconditional love. And freedom, like that's a, a big one, that's a big motivator for what makes me and makes our, our band, what, what what kind of music we like to play. So yeah, I'm from, I'm from a symphony or from a band. And uh, you, you would know us by being like, very brightly colored, very lighthearted, playing some really groovy, jazzy music. You, you'll know me when you see me. <laughs> we'll know you when we see you. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Aurora, thank you so much for this uh, vibrant quantum conversation. It's been my pleasure, and I look forward to bringing you back because we can go so much deeper. Thank you, thank you, thank you for this quantum conversation. Oh, my goodness. Thank you for having me here. I would love to return. You are awesome. And, yes, there's so much to talk about. I would love to keep keep going and keep talking talk another time. That would be great. We will, Goddess. Thank you so much. Oh, thank Beautiful. You, thank you. Okay. Namaste. Blessings. Thank you. Right back at you. <laughs> the Galactic Walk-In Aurora has a special offer for you and all the incredible deep teachings of this consciousness from an off-planet realm here to inspire you into personal self-expression with these dynamic natural tools of advanced being. There's no technology needed. We are becoming advanced beings. Again, Aurora's special offer is available on this webpage. It's also at AcousticHealth.com slash special offers slash Aurora. We thank you so much for your bright light. And now we're going to dance the tango across the universe to the cosmic heart. And let's just bring in the flying rainbow lasagna. Blessings.
Thank you for listening to this quantum conversation and thank you for dancing with us to the cosmic heart. As we raise our own vibration, we raise the vibration of the planet. This show is dedicated to you and all awakening hearts as we are here to shine our bright light and amplify our love. Access all quantum conversations, special offers from our guests, and online healing retreats by visiting AcousticHealth.com. I'm Loren Gailey, and from my sacred heart to yours, I honor your magnificent love and light. We leave you now with music from the universe. Music literally created by the universe as musical notes were assigned to mathematical equations. The result is this beautiful music available at AcousticHealth.com. Namaste. The conference is now completed. Goodbye.